1: hello and welcome back to rebel cells clone wars special edition for the malevolence trilogy i am one of your hosts michael cohen and with me as always
0: my faithful co-pilot matt the crankster cranky hey what's going on mike good to be back this week and i gotta tell you i'm pretty happy because uh i scored myself some uh solo tickets so uh Hey, all is good in the world right now. I'm ready to go. Nice. How about you? Did you get
1: uh, your tickets? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's basically news story number one, right? Solo tickets are on sale. If you're listening to this and you're just finding out now, I think you might be uh, <laughs> solo. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah Dude, I, straight that's... out of luck. But I, because I, wow. I think that. Um, Probably all the good seats for opening night are taken by this point. Um, I've got my oh, seats yeah. going to be seeing it in IMAX, like always in IMAX 3D, on opening night at seven o'clock. Um, very excited about that, um, and I'm I'm contemplating picking up tickets because I'm taking the whole week off, I'm taking the whole week oh, off wow. because Solo comes right. out on my birthday. Um, mm-hmm. It comes out technically the day after my birthday, but. Obviously, those 7 o'clock showings the night before, the 24th, that is my birthday. So I will be uh, quite happily sitting in the seat uh, watching The Solo on my birthday, which is kind of perfect. And, you know, I really thought, um, oh, this is kind of a bummer, man. Like the one Star Wars movie to literally come out on my birthday and it's Solo, right? That's what, (laughs) like a a year ago, that's what I would have said. Ugh. Gross, and now <laughs> in the final stretch, uh, I am. I think I'm more excited for this movie than I was for the Last Jedi. I like for real. I think I might be. I'm definitely more excited yeah. for this than I was for Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, oh, sure. they've dropped a couple of clips lately, and the tone and look, all those people complaining like, Oh, I don't know about his performance. It brought in an acting coach. And it's like, first of all, first of all, they bring in acting coaches on all kinds of movies. Okay. We just don't hear about it that often because most of these movies aren't having the production issues that solo had. The other part of that is that they brought in an acting coach. So if there was a problem with Aaron Reich's performance, they fixed it because they brought in an acting coach because on screen <laughs> That's all good. as yeah. far as we've seen as far as we've seen so far he does he's doing a fine job right yeah. um, I don't know is, is he the best actor in the world no he's not giving an Academy Award performance but hey go back watch a new hope okay because Harrison Ford stumbles over some of those lines straight up stumbles over some of those lines he is green early mm. on. In Star Wars, and uh, and it's very obvious. I mean, like there's also some of the greatest moments in cinema history, but there are other parts where he's talking about, you know, uh, fly right through a supernova, blah blah blah, and it's like he does a good job, but it's like you can tell that he's acting. You know what I mean? Like it's, and that's yeah. not. I'm not trying to like make a dig at Harrison Ford. I love Han Solo. I love Harrison Ford, obviously, but. There is a certain element to it that it's like, I don't know what everybody, I don't know what everybody thinks those first couple movies were like, but the performance in A New Hope was not what I would call stellar from really anybody in particular, except maybe Peter Cushing and Alec Guinness. They kind of nail it.
0: Guinness, yeah.
1: Yeah. But, but other than that, it's like Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill. You can kind of tell. You know, I mean, like the the on Star Wars Day, I watched um, a fan cut called War, The War of the Stars uh, and, and uh, commonly referred to as Star Wars Grindhouse. And it's this edit to make Star Wars seem like the rest of the cheesy B movie sci fi stuff of the era of the of the mid to late 70s. Right. Like like uh, uh, Barbarella and I. Um, uh, you know, like Zardoz and stuff like that, that was like, what is this weird Mm. stuff, right? This stuff that was very much like trying to be Flash Gordon, but not really. Um, And Star Wars, like, there are scenes in that movie, in the original movie, um, or not, I shouldn't say in the original movie, there were scenes shot for the original Star Wars for A New Hope that were so atrocious that they just cut them out of the movie straight up one of them being the scene between luke and biggs right Mm, yeah right at the beginning of the movie if you've ever watched that footage oh boy it's rough (laughs) and not just yeah not just mark hamill who is very rough and not just the the i can't remember the name of the actor that plays biggs they are both pretty rough but those other actors in that scene that play, like, I uh, uh, shoot, what's the other two characters' names?
0: Talk about you're talking um, Cassie and the uh, yeah,
1: yeah, that one. Man, man, oh man, oh man, no Think good, it- no bueno, no thank you. I George made the right call cutting that scene from mm-hmm. the movie. Um, there's some really great writing in that um by like as like in establishing that Luke is the odd man out that he's disenfranchised that you know like it, it adds more to the to the scenes with him and and Owen because you can tell that like Biggs was not just his best friend but kind of his only friend that like everybody else kind of picks on him um and so like it's a like the writing is fantastic as is the rest of A New Hope, right? I mean, like, it's about as perfect as a movie gets. But mm-hmm. but the performance was just so bad that it's not even in the movie. So, you know, like, there's nothing in Solo that we've seen thus far that even comes close to that. So mm-hmm. I think that we're going to be just fine. I think we're going to be yeah. just fine. Oh, I yeah. think Alden Reich's actually going to do a fantastic job. Um, I really like his, his version of... Han and and the thing from the clips that we've seen so far his version of Han and Donald Glover's version of Lando they are not impressions they are not sound alikes they are not um, trying to be Harrison Ford and Billy D. Williams and thank God for that because otherwise you'd just be sitting there the whole time going like well, that didn't sound like them, but instead they are their own performances. They are their own versions of the characters. And this is actually really relevant to the episodes that we're going to talk about tonight on, on this clone war special edition, because this is our first time other than the movie getting Matt Lanter as Anakin, uh, James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan and Kat Tabor as Padme. And I've got some stuff to say about that. Um, so it, it, it yeah, But it relates because there's a whole aspect of it that, like, they were essentially told, like, don't do impressions, don't do sound alikes, even though James Arnold Taylor is obviously doing a very good Obi-Wan Kenobi. They are making those characters their own. And I think that anybody who takes up the mantle of a character like Han Solo or Lando Calrissian or any of these characters um, trying to recapture that no different than Ewan McGregor trying to play Obi-Wan in the prequels. I think you have to make it your own to a certain degree and you have to, there's, there's a certain amount of information that you have to work with from the original films or those original performances, but you're actually going off in this other unexplored area. So kind of do what you will with that. Right. So, so I don't know. I think that people need to just kind of ease up a little bit, but I'm going into the negative space. I don't want to, what I want to do is I want to come back and say that obviously um, obviously the majority of fans are on two ends of the spectrum, I think. And that is either on the spe- end that I am where they've, because I've heard this a lot, a lot. People going in going like, I don't know if I really want this movie. Like, why are they making a Han Solo movie? I do not understand. And then the trailers and everything start hitting and people are going, oh, oh, no. Yes, we want this movie. We want this movie real bad, and then I think that the other people are just like, uh, there's a, there's a curiosity of like, well, let's see how it's gonna be. I hope I like it. Right? They're 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 cautiously optimistic. I hope that the majority of people that are gonna be negative about this movie just sort of out of hand. Um, that they are not in this group, but. The sales, the pre sales for solo tickets, um, they doubled Black Panther's pre sales, um, Mm. which, like, that's crazy because Black Panther was hugely anticipated um and obviously black panther kind of built week over week and became a phenomenon and stayed at the number one spot for almost a month i think it got knocked out for a week and then i think came might have come back or i don't remember i'd have to i'd have to look it up but i know that black panther was in the top three for almost two months and really one of the only things to start knocking it out of that space was infinity war (laughs) so um Solo, which I think we all anticipated was going to be a little bit softer than the other star Wars movies is coming out of the gate at a pretty good clip. And that's, I think that that's really good news. I I think that that shows that the fandom in general is in a really positive place. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, you know, as much as we want to focus on the negativity around the last Jedi. I think it's time to let go of that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in, in the mailbag, but I think I just sort of as the precursor, just to like sort of prepare you guys for that part of the conversation. I think it's, I think it's time for us to just kind of ease off and let go and let, mm-hmm. um, let, let the past die. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. we just got, I think we just got to kind of move on.
0: Um, yeah, Yeah. You know what? And here's the thing. You talked about the the pre-sale Devils Black Panther. A little. I guess I'm a little surprised at that. But when I think about it, when I went to buy tickets on Friday morning, I got up. uh, Actually, I was right. But I got online at six thirty in the morning and I live in a relatively small town. And when I went to get tickets, there was a quarter of the theater already sold out at six thirty in the morning. And that right there, I'm like, what the heck is going on? In fact, I went in to buy some and then I, I kind of backed out for a minute thinking, okay, but where am I sit? I'm starting to text like, hey, what's the best part? Because there was two sections yeah. open that I wanted to sit in. And by the time I went back in, one of those sections had gotten gobbled up. I'm like, geez, yeah. I got I to gotta get on this. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I went to that. I'm like, wow, this is pretty uh, – I was a little surprised at that. And then I find out later on – about the ticket sales. Um, it's right behind, it's not right behind, but it's behind Infinity War now for mm-hmm. the biggest resale. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, wow. And, and just like you said earlier, it's all about like, I'm not going in there. I, I told myself when I found out about this, like, and Alden Ehrenreich was cast, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go in there looking for a Han Solo uh, or a Han Solo, a uh, Harrison Ford, um, you know, copy. The most this is the thing I've talked about before is I just yep. want to see the character of Han Solo. And I want to see that camaraderie between Chewie and because that seems what it's going to be the, the funnest part. Yep. And so far we've seen that in the trailers. And and you've seen I that. Guess, you've seen yeah, the I clip,
1: right? I don't. Did we talk about yeah. that last week? I think the the clip um, and yeah. I don't want to I'm not going to say too much, but it's just it is the mm-hmm. moment the first time Han and Chewie get behind the the yeah. cockpit of the millennium cockpit. like they're in the cockpit yeah, behind man. the controls of the millennium falcon for the first time together yeah and i'm telling you man i i've been saying i'm all in i'm all in i'm all in yeah. right
0: yeah but i think i think it's, people are coming in with not that, these big expectations yeah. that and that clip to me maybe, was like yeah. that's
1: it like i there there's nothing that anybody can say to say that like this movie isn't going to have exactly what you were just talking about, that camaraderie, the characterization. I think it's there. I think, I think we're safe. I think now it's time to just, you know, go into the movie. Uh, they, they released a clip this morning as well. Um, as we're recording this, it's Wednesday. Uh, -hmm. it's, uh, what is it? The ninth. Um, and, uh, that clip, the clip with Han and uh, sorry, with Chewie and Beckett. And, uh, it's great, and I think like they've got the right tone. They've got the right actors. I think we are in for a hell of a ride.
0: This could be one of those ones where it just kind of sneaks up. obviously, they've got all these pre sales. But yeah, uh, maybe after these next couple of weeks, the buzz, and it might have like you were talking about, it might have that Black Panther staying power. Where I don't know what's coming up with the rest of May and June and all that. But yeah, you know, it could be it could be coming around. So it's just and i think and here's another thing too is it just looks like a fun um movie there's it's not like it has the serious tone of the saga trilogy where everybody's so invested in the saga trilogy and this one is just gonna be like hey let's just go have a fun time it's just light and fun yeah yeah so that could that could have another uh effect or you know that could be another thing that's uh pushing this movie so hard so you I hope what? so. I, I That's yeah. that's
1: my biggest thing for this is that I just really hope that um, because this isn't part of the saga series and it's not, it's yeah. filling in a, a hole. It's not um, moving the story forward that it's that hopefully it'll be received a little bit more openly than The Last Jedi was. And I just think, I don't know, man, I, I think that, that that Luke Skywalker thing was just so hard for so many people. So I I think, you know, like I think that Han, because that character's story has kind of come to a conclusion that us going back and telling more of his backstory and opening that Avenue up, I think is great because obviously we're not going to get any more Han moving forward. And we're not going to get any more Luke moving forward either, but not necessarily. Right. I mean, there can still be, as we saw, Yoda was in the last Jedi. Luke can be in episode nine. He can be in episode 10, 11, 12. Um, Mm -hmm as long as Mark Hamill's still around, I think that we can, we can continue that. But, um, but Han being gone, it's kind of a bummer every time you go to sit down to watch the last Jedi, but yeah. it's great. Cause now we get to go back and, and that tone that I wanted the tone of those Brian Daly novels. I think it's there. I think that's exactly what mm,
0: yeah.
1: this is. That's the adventures of Han Solo. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I'm after, man. That's what I'm after. All this promotional stuff, yeah. it's getting me so excited for this movie. We're two weeks away. Uh, the live stream, the the solo red carpet live stream, as this episode goes live um, on on Thursday, May 10th, um, the solo red carpet live stream is tonight. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be on the the uh, Star Wars. You can go with StarWars.com and on the, the YouTube channel channel as well um i should have grabbed the the um the start time but i i believe uh,
0: it's 5 p.m pacific time
1: yeah it is 5 p.m pacific um i think it'll be a lot of fun i think we'll probably see some cool new stuff during it um they've really just been pulling out all the stops in this last week or so and i think that's great
0: um yeah you know what's you know what's um gonna be tough now is We're still, like you said, a couple weeks away. But starting tomorrow, I believe that embargoes are going to start to lift. And it's going to be tough because we're going to start hearing about the movie. We're going to be hearing not plot, I mean, not details, but general overall uh, impressions of the movie. I think that's allowed as far as like embargoes Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, man, this is going to be tough a couple weeks trying to stay away from spoilers. And uh, I imagine there's going to be some kind of, you know, cameos in this movie possibly yeah. that hopefully won't get leaked and that's the thing that's kind of going to be uh, tough to deal with as far as social media in the next couple of weeks with this movie is um, dealing with that and, and it's also we talked about this before that it's debuting uh, or also being shown at the Cannes Film Festival which is like I said before I think that is a positive sign that, yeah. that uh, you know normally if the studio is not behind a movie you're not going to see any type of um, reviews come out until maybe a day before you know it debuts that kind of thing, but this hey they're going to open it up to people weeks before so tons it got to be tons of um, backing behind this movie from from Disney and Lucasfilm. I think so. so I
1: I think you know, that the, the the chatter about Disney and Lucasfilm not having confidence in this movie I think that that's unfounded. I think yeah. that I think that what happened was the 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 director switch compacted some of the timeline and um like the movie's only been complete for what like two weeks yeah, <laughs> right like yeah uh if, if even that and um i i think that uh, i i i think that it was just really whatever issues they were having on set early on that got corrected i think that ron howard came in he corrected that stuff um, got it on track, and I think has turned this movie into something really special. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm like I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I'm really hoping that this holds true. I think this might end up being my favorite Star Wars movie. Woohoo, man, we'll I, see. I, I think list. it might, man. Woo-hoo. I mean, man, <laughs> Lando, Han, or Han, as he calls him. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. I'm really yeah. liking Beckett. Thus far, um, obviously, all of the design work in this movie is just phenomenal—from uh, Han and Lando's designs to um, Enfys Nest. Uh, and uh, and man, look, this is the thing. This is the thing. Standout for this movie so far, Chewbacca. Yeah. Chewbacca oh, yeah. is just perfect, and he's got like there's a. There's a youthfulness to his character in this movie that that is coming across in some of these clips that I really really like. Um, That it's like this is before a new hope. And it's not Chewie from The Last Jedi or from uh, from The Force Awakens, who is a little bit more gruff and a bit older and wiser and that sort of thing. I mean, like, it's funny because we could kind of imbue a lot of these personality characteristics into him. But I do think it's in the performance in those movies that Chewie is mm-hmm. a little bit more subdued and a little bit more. Um, he's just a little bit wiser uh, and 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 contained than he was in the original trilogy in particular in a new hope and it, what we've seen so far for solo is that he's even more sort of wild and and you kind of see where uh, he and Han meet and why they would become best friends aside from life debts and and whatnot why the the two of them would get along so well and and the fact that you know they're kind of um, two peas in a pod to a certain degree right? Yeah. So I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, the last thing that we'll talk about before we get into the episodes uh, is um, there's a book series coming out uh, called "Flight of the Falcon." It's kind of interesting because it's not it's not one specific series of books. It's kind of it's across a bunch of the different labels uh, in sort of the young adult um, um, novice reader sort of. Uh, the the different labels that they've got. So there's like a choose your own adventure that's coming and there's a, there's a novel that's coming and there's, there's a few different things and they're all kind of co-branded with each other with this flight of the Falcon, um, uh, label. A ad- like sort of this additional label on them that I, that comes with some cool stuff. Like I, uh, I uh, each book in the flight of the Falcon series is going to have a map to show you, the, the course of the Falcon, f- like essentially like through all of these different stories. And one of the reasons why it's noteworthy, I think is because uh, they've talked about the fact that one of these stories will be featuring Chewbacca and Hondo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and one of these stories is going to feature the planet Batu. and mm. Batu is the planet in star Wars galaxy's edge. Um, mm. And Hondo is going to be a part of the Millennium Falcon ride at Galaxy's Edge. (laughs) So, I think we're going to get the prequel, essentially, to the ride in this This book book series. So, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Hondo aboard the Millennium Falcon alongside Chewbacca. Um, I don't know if Han will also be a part of that as well. I think he will. Um, Yeah, like that gets me really excited um, because, obviously, Hondo one of my favorite characters oh. in all of star Wars. Um, certainly my favorite animated character. Um, yeah. I, so, so that's something cool to look out for. I, the, yeah. these, these stories are going to start coming and and, um, and we're going to kind of follow one of the, I think unsung heroes of the star Wars, uh, saga, which is the millennium Falcon itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been a character, and I can't wait to see it again in the, in the solo movie. You know, it's, Totally. We think of it as a character now. So uh, I guess with that, uh, we're going to hit the recap. You ready to do it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. It's time for the Rebel Sounds Clone Wars Special Edition Recap.
1: Civilized. Uh, that depends on your definition of civilized.
0: I'm enjoying this far too much. All right. So we're going to start off. We got the Malevolence trilogy here, Rising Malevolence. This one's written by or directed by Dave Filoni. Uh, different director for the uh, the next two, but Filoni tackled this first episode with Stephen Melching writing. And the cookie is belief is no matter, uh, is no not a matter of choice, but of conviction. And I'll start off. You want me to start it off, Mike? Yeah, go for it. Uh, in the abrogato system, Plo Koon's force of three Republic attack cruisers close in on a mysterious enemy vessel. Aboard the triumphant, Plo Koon orders his first officer, Commander Wolf, to contact Coruscant and relay their position prior to the attack. So, um, again, so I like these first, these three episodes also kind of delved into some stuff with the clones. But um, in the beginning here, we're actually talking about... Uh, Klo Koon and his fleet, they're, mm-hmm. they're sent to investigate this uh, mysterious super separatist weapon. And the first time I saw this, I remember this thinking that, are they talking about the Death Star at this point? Um, this is obviously years ago when I first saw it. And it kind of reminded me watching this again about that. And like, no, it's not its not the, the Death Star. It's this, um, in the sense, ion cannon that's built onto a ship or onto a—you know, one of the star vessels. Well, I, I'm not sure what they call this thing. Um, Oh, malevolence, the, obviously. The,
1: yeah, the ship itself was malevolence, right? Yeah.
0: So we've seen one of a kind. The, we've seen the ion cannon before. Obviously, Empire Strikes Back. The rebels used it, but this is, uh, I guess, if we're talking in universe, this is the first time it's been it's been used. If I'm correct, Mike, as far as uh, um, this ion cannon. Yeah, any, yeah, of this, this, this
1: kind. This? Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. That that was really cool. And this thing is devastating. I mean, you talk about a weapon that um I mean this thing comes into contact with anything. It shuts you down, you're dead in the water, uh, and then they just blast you to pieces. Devastating weapon. Yeah. So uh really cool to see Plukun and the introduction of Ahsoka too. I mean, this is the time frame, Mike, where we're like, oh I don't know about this Ahsoka thing. And uh very just, interesting it, watching these watching these, it just it brings back all these memories of of that and just thinking like, oh man, what is this? And it's it, to see her so young and, and you know, her what is it, her Leku or so short and everything. Yeah. It's just fun to go back. Uh any thoughts on this beginning here?
1: Yeah, I mean uh we're coming in hot with Plocun, uh Dave Filoni's favorite character. Um and uh, and we're introduced to a couple of characters that uh that are gonna be with us for a long time yeah. to come. Okay. Wolf And and uh, this is our first time seeing Ahsoka in the series proper, right? Um, But yeah, I I it's it's interesting going back last week's episode. I felt um, with ambush, uh, other than the droids, ambush like like when you're talking about Tom Kane as Yoda, and um, oh shoot, I had it and then it just fell out of my head. who plays uh, Asajj Ventress? Um, uh, Nikki Futterman. Yeah, Nikki Futterman. Uh, they're there. They're like a hundred percent there. They're they are at the final versions of those characters right from the get go, um, performance wise, right? Um, and I think that uh, that that Dooku uh, is is likewise um, fully formed. But um, but in this one, it's very interesting that um, that we've got. Uh, Plo Koon, he's not that different from Obi-Wan, right.
0: right. In, in right.
1: terms of his vocal performance and that, that'll change as the series will go on. It'll, that'll get better. Um, and then Anakin, Obi-Wan. And when we get into the third episode of this, uh, uh Padme, their performances are very different, distinctly different from what we're used to by, I would say th- season three. Um, mm-hmm. when I think that those characters really, those performers really come into those characters and, and everything's sort of solidified and they really know what they're doing. So I just think that that's really interesting. Cause it's been so long since I've seen these episodes. Um, mm-hmm. but that said, uh, oh, the other one is, is, um, uh, Dee Bradley Baker as, as, yeah. uh, the clone troopers,
0: Clones, yeah.
1: um, his performance, I think is a little bit, it's a, it's a little bit weaker than it becomes um in particular like sort of i uh, i the authority of those characters is not as apparent as it will be later in the series right i mean like captain rex is i think arguably one of the greatest characters in the prequel era uh, moving into star wars rebels obviously um and that's D. Bradley Baker, hundred percent, right? But but in this episode, I uh, in this first episode especially, his performance as as these clones is a little bit. It's a it's not quite there yet, mm. right? It's gonna get there for sure, but it's not quite there. So it's just I think it's really interesting to see where they started, and I think we talk about the animation a lot, but um, the writing, the directing it all gets much better as the series goes on,
0: which I think is oh, really interesting.
1: interesting. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. You
0: um, know, but, I, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, um, I was just going to say, um, you talk about Plo Koon and, and I get the sense like Plo Koon and, and Obi-Wan are. I, I know, the, um, James on does the voice of both, but I think they almost have a similar style or similar way, Jedi way about them. Mm-hmm. Um, it just i kind of get that vibe especially the way plo talks with with the clones uh, it's kind of like uh, kenobi does and it's just it, there's that mutual respect there and we'll get some more of that in a minute here but you mentioned uh in and and grievous as well on the ship of malevolence so this is not this is something pretty big when you got grievous and Dooku involved in something uh this is this is big time you know for for uh, for the Republic, uh, Republic, and for the Separatists. So mm-hmm. uh, this is no like chintzy little battle. This is some serious stuff. So uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to continue?
1: Yeah, uh, <clears throat> Master Plo makes contact with Anakin Skywalker's fleet stationed in the nearby Bith system, and warmly greets Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka is eager to help Master Plo track down General Grievous's secret weapon, but that is not their
0: current assignment. Uh, The weapon is a massive iron cannon mounted on a giant warship, the Malevolence. The Separatist ship blasts the Republic cruisers with a disruptive jolt of iron energy uh, that knocks out their power systems. Defenseless, Klo Koon's warships are cut to pieces by the Malevolence's lasers. That's a tough thing to say. Several crew members escape in life pods. So one of the things I did not notice, and um, obviously the first time I watched this, was... Did you notice, uh, I don't know if you noticed it. The one of the live pods says, uh, has 1977. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On, did you see that? Oh, wow. You caught that. Right. Well, they, yes. they, they refer to it as one nine seven seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I saw that. It just, one of those things where you kind of gloss over it sometimes like, oh, duh, there it is right there. The, you know, just, yeah. I thought that was interesting They they put that in there, but, um, yeah, I mean, that destroys the whole – the whole pretty much their whole little small fleet here. And then now they're just kind of sitting ducks out there uh, in their in their escape pod. So um, you want to keep going, Mike? You got anything to Yeah, know?
1: sure. No, let's keep going. Uh, let's see. Where are we now? Uh, Plo Koon, Commander Wolf, and Troopers Sinker and Boost are stranded in an escape pod with limited air supply. The clones begin to fret that there is no hope. Who would search the debris field for lonely lowly clones – but Plo Koon refuses to give up on his troops. I think this is really the heart of the episode, right? Um, yeah. the idea that Plo Koon and the Jedi, mm-hmm. um, they don't look at the droids as expendable as that. The clones is expendable. Like, like the separatists do with the droids. And that's what will be the key to their victory. I mean, we kind of talked about that last week, right? It's kind of a through line from ambush into this one. Um, And I think one of the strongest things about the Clone Wars in general was that through line of the clones themselves. That um, obviously in Attack of the Clones, we don't get to see too much of the clones. And then in Revenge of the Sith, we're so focused on Anakin's story that we don't really get to focus on the clones there. But during the Clone Wars series, we actually get to build out and develop those characters. There's going to be a few episodes this season that really, really focus on the clone troopers and who they are and their journey along with the Jedi. Um, and obviously the Umbara arc and, um, yeah. and, uh, fives, uh, his arc throughout the series. Um, yeah, they're going to be obviously integral to everything. Right. And, and, uh, there's a few, there's a handful of these clone troopers that really stand out amongst everyone else and are invaluable um mm-hmm. to the star wars lore in general right so
0: yeah well he, in in these pods too i mean he has the uh, clones you know take off their helmets so you're seeing their faces again and this is what the second time in as many episodes where you you see clones and you see their faces uh and you know that was kind of like the theme like i mentioned last week about this series of being about the clones and yeah um, like you said Poe actually talks to them and, and speaks to them and they're uh, t- calls them by their name and all that thing. So I, I thought that was really cool that they uh, kind of highlight the clones and, and seeing them again. And then Ahsoka, so uh, Anakin, I'll well, continue. Anakin agrees with Ahsoka that they should look for Plo and takes the Twilight to search Abrogado, the uh, Abrugado uh, debris field. So Ahsoka, um, we find out that is 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 uh, who Plo found her. hmm. Back, you know a long time and brought her to the. and i think this was the first time we found that out i don't think there's any other time where we that was um that was mentioned if i don't know if you remember anything else from that mike about her yeah no this
1: is the first time we hear about it. it and then obviously uh much later on in the series we actually get to see that moment um which yeah, is really cool true.
0: yeah so um anakin seeing those two together this is the, again like i said this is the part where we're still trying to get used to anakin having a pattern when we saw it in the movie and then it continues here in the series and and seeing them two together but watching it now knowing how how i love how much i love ahsoka watching it now it's just like it's just natural to me now watching this you know it's just it's all great you know i love it especially those two together and uh seeing their kind of Friendship and everything build here, but I'm already on board with it right now. Back then, I was a little like, oh, I don't know about this. (laughs) Yeah, it is very
1: interesting (laughs) because they're in very different places in the beginning of the series than they are, obviously, towards the end. And uh, that character grows a heck of a lot, Um, becomes a fully fleshed out fully dimensional character um yeah. and stops referring to R2 as R2e because that doesn't make <laughs> sense cuz R2 yeah. is already a nickname <laughs> uh, <laughs> i
0: that. Uh, yeah that's true yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny i remember you mentioned that a long time ago i was like and then when i heard it in this series i just watched this what a couple days ago and i started laughing like yeah, yeah. he's already got a nickname so uh, go ahead, Mike, continue.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, General Grievous wants no witnesses. He wants to keep his weapon a secret. He dispatches rocket battle droids and pod hunter craft to destroy any survivors in the wreckage.
0: Plo Koon, able to withstand outer space unprotected for a short time, ventures outside the pod. Together with and Boost, he destroys... The hunter. So this is a great little action scene for me. Uh, Seeing him, he's able to obviously survive. He has the mask. He's able to survive out there for quite for a little while. Uh, And the clones put their helmets on. They go. But seeing him do his Jedi thing with the lightsaber, uh, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know, that's me. I've always, I've always said that's one of my favorite things of the Star Wars saga is getting to see Jedi and Sith and and the battles and the lightsaber battles and use their force powers. That's the main thing I love to see. That brings me back to just being a kid and, and doing that with my, you know, my mom's Christmas tree wrapper tubes and, mm. and until I finally got one of my own, you know, it just, that just brings me way back. So I've always loved that. So seeing him do his thing, uh, it was a great action scene for me. So, um, go ahead, Mikey, anything else?
1: Uh, no. Yeah. Let's, let's continue. Um, Sorry, where are we? There's so many paragraphs in this one, Ahsoka? but they're like they're like individual sentences. Uh, Ahsoka uses the Force and feels the presence of Plo Koon. Master Plo is one of Ahsoka's oldest friends. He's the Jedi Master who brought Ahsoka to the Jedi Temple. The Twilight rescues Master Plo, Sinker, Boost, and Wolf.
0: So she's uh, sensing. Uh, I kind of mentioned this earlier. But... Yeah,
1: they Sorry, have a connection. Kind
0: of power too. They have like yeah. They have the connection. Obviously, they've been to uh, she, He found her, and but. But showing her, I guess, force ability at this moment and being able to tap in him and feel him—that was kind of cool. I, I, Anakin doesn't feel it, but but she's able to do it. So I, I just kind of I, I love that too. So uh, finish out the this episode. The malevolence returns to finish off any survivors and detects the twilight. The small battered freighter outruns the massive enemy vessel before an explosive blast from the malevolence's ion cannon can hit it. Grievous secret weapon is exposed. So this is where we get the um, the Anakin pilot stuff. You know, he's he's yeah. out there through the debris field going crazy, flying through everything, uh, and is able to outrun the ion blast and then hit the old uh, hyperdrive and, and get that gatherer. So we get a little bit of everything. We got some uh, – actually, we got some of the Emperor in this as well. Or, you know, kind of – he was talking to Obi-Wan and um kind of putting his two cents in you know and Yoda's in, as well i'm trying to remember what he was talking about because uh, I, I don't know if you remember the emperor um or palpatine yeah. at this point uh he was kind of putting his two cents into the into this little battle i think he's
1: trying to keep anakin away from the front line
0: right I like, like i think he doing yeah there's a yeah. little bit
1: of him being like oh well just kind of i he's he's he knows that if Anakin Skywalker gets involved in this, that the malevolence is going to be destroyed. And obviously Palpatine is trying to play both sides. Right. So I think that's a little bit of what's going on there. And I think also just the, I've put a lot of time and energy into this Anakin Skywalker fellow. I don't want anything to happen to him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's a little bit of that as well. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we get into, um, part two, uh, shadow of malevolence and so after saving um, master Plo anakin so anakin's gonna devise this plan and to lead an attack against the malevolence they're gonna go after this thing uh you know with with fighters um, this one's directed by Brian O'Connell Stephen Melching actually wrote this one uh, easy is the path to wisdom for those not blinded by themselves. So within the Jedi cruiser Resolute, Anakin Skywalker and Admiral Yularen brief the assembled clone pilots of Shadow Squadron on their strike mission against the Malevolence. Anakin believes a small squad of Y-Wing bombers could outmaneuver the enemy vessel, enemy vessel's ion cannon and target its bridge, knocking out the ship and General Grievous. So Anakin's got his clones. He's got a Shadow Squadron, which is kind of cool. Uh, is you know this is what he does this is yeah. his thing. he's he's a pilot uh he's the, the best pilot out there and uh he's got this plan to uh take on the malevolence with his y wing bomber so uh love seeing the bombers and of course always fun to see Anakin do his thing uh any thoughts on this beginning Mike?
1: no i mean i just love this is a great setup and uh we're just kind of uh yeah. Focused in on the fighters, on the Y Wing fighters for this episode, which I think is really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, it's
0: kind of like just like a this thing, this is this trilogy flows so well because, yeah, uh, it's just like you got that opening scene, this is what's going on, this middle section where hey, Anakin takes charge and let's go take on this. And you get this little, this whole episode is basically this attack on the, uh, the malevolence with these Y Wing bombers, and then it, you got that great finish. So you're right, it's just nice little tight. Yeah. perfectly uh perfectly devised uh, trilogy here. so um, yeah here i'll, con- I'll continue along. yeah go ahead
1: sure, sure uh in the Rindelia system the malevolence continues its assault against the republic blasting apart a convoy of medical frigates even escape pods are targeted for annihilation um, i'm going to continue here yeah when word of grievous is uh, sorry Grievous's assault try saying that 10 times fast uh <laughs> reaches anakin he predicts the Cyborg General will next attack the Kalita Shoals Medical Station. A nearby nebula lits the malevol- limits the malevolence's... Oh boy, this is
0: rough. <laughs> <It> is, uh,
1: <laughs> get a load of this sentence. Woo, a nearby a t- nebula limits the malevolence's hyperspace capabilities, which allows Shadow Squadron to get ahead of the warship. Oh boy, that's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, careful, you so too close but you to a supernova. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoa, that'll end your trip real quick. Uh, Plo Koon decides to join Anakin's squadron in his Jedi Starfighter. That's a little easier. <laughs> um, yeah, so Plo's gonna come along as well. Um, which I like, I like the, yeah, the through definitely. line there. Um, and uh, Anakin and Ahsoka are gonna be along with R2D2 uh, in one Y Wing. Uh, Which I like. Um, I really, I really love the use of the Y wings here and the explanation um, that that you know, like this is what they looked like when they came fresh off the assembly line.
0: Yeah.
1: And then obviously the ones that we see in A New Hope are salvaged um, by the Rebel Alliance. And the best part of that is that the ones that were salvaged in, uh, sorry, the ones that are in a new hope are the mm-hmm. ones that were salvaged by the ghost crew, which yeah. were these ships from this episode being decommissioned by the empire, which was the Republic. Mm-hmm. So these ships, potentially the ship that Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano fly in flies in the assault against the death star, right? Like that idea that that continuity of storytelling, like I just that's so much fun to me. It's it's just it's a great little thing that if you know you're not a Star Wars Clone Wars fan, you don't know that, right? Yeah. And if you're not a Star Wars Rebels fan, you don't know that, right? But I just love it because in that in, in what was it, the beginning of season three, um, when they're they they managed to get a, a few of those Y wings away, right? Um, before they get totally destroyed and, uh, yeah, I love it. I love that, that connectivity, um, between them all. And you see why they're, why they look like they're bare bones compared to the, the ones in this, because they've actually been like basically scrapping the useful parts and then like, like pulling off the useful parts, like the armor plating and then scrapping the rest of the ship and Mm -hmm. melting it down right so i i I don't know i love that i think that's a really cool idea um i love that that connection Mm -hmm. to the prequel trilogy and um i didn't mention before but we've seen we saw v19 torrents at the in the previous episode um landing on um and at the beginning of this episode i think um Mm -hmm. landing landing on the starship on the the cruisers and uh love me some v19 torrent (laughs) yeah
0: well you know this is the this is the part where also um dooku uh kind of shows himself in in in, uh in the uh form of what's i've drawn a blank on he's a not a force ghost but a hologram hologram god (laughs) dang what the heck is wrong anyway he's talking about this this um this medical station and uh, it's in the it's in the vicinity of Naboo, so it's like a little clue there what's what's coming up. But this medical station, um, this is a big thing because this is where you know all the Jedi use. And and Dooku even says this. He goes, "We'll take out this place, and there'll be nowhere for the Jedi to to take their wounded." So this yeah. is a major major thing here. Taking out a ton of clones. And then nowhere is nowhere for the Jedi to take the wounded. So uh, that's kind of a big deal and uh, why they're going after this uh, this station here. So uh, continue. At the Kalita Shoal Station, the comedian chief, uh, Nala Se, receives a warning from Admiral Yalarn She cannot evaluate all the wounded from the station before Grievous' predicted attack. Obi-Wan Kenobi plans to arrive at the station to provide assistance with his cruiser, the Negotiator. So uh, again, so we get to see, uh, geez, even second episode of this series, we've seen Kaminoans, mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that was really cool to see yeah. them uh, being kind of like the chief doctor, whatever you call it. So.
1: One of the things I love is that early on in the series, all of the clones look the same. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. all have the same haircut and everything. And like later on, as we go, so we continue, they get more and more varied um, mm. because they build more and more models and they're able to sort of like <laughs> switch those things out. But I just love that you're like in these early episodes. So the clones with their helmets off all look the same. Um, mm. let me continue here. Uh, t- t- sorry. We're just after that negotiator part, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. the Y wings fly through the Kalita nebula through a shortcut called the Balmora run entering the dust cloud blocks the fighter's scanners. Ahsoka grows worried about this dangerous course of action.
0: Uh, in the heart of the nebula, Shadow Squadron suddenly stumbles upon a flock of giant Nibray mantas. The annoyed hulks begin to swim around the Y-wing fighters, and Anakin orders evasive maneuvers. Shadow Two Matchstick grazes a Nibre wing as he flies by, causing damage to his port side thruster stabilizer. The fighters emerge from the nebula with the Nibres, uh where the Nibrays will not follow. So, whoa! This uh, total, uh, you know, flashback of the um, pergil, you know, mm-hmm. going through here, it's like obviously different creatures, but um, kind of the same kind of vibe. I'm like, wow, this is. I wonder where they got the. This is where they got kind of the inspiration for the pergils or anything like that. I don't know.
1: I think but, that Dave uh, Filoni just has kind of a does it, yeah thing that he likes about yeah. this sort of thing, and I get <laughs> yeah. I love it. This is one of my favorite scenes from these three episodes. Um, just sort of, there's something very Star Wars about it. Uh, yeah. it, it just, yeah, it just, it really, really stands out to me as being very, very Star Wars y to have these huge creatures inside this nebula. Um, yeah. And our characters just kind about, of narrowly um, avoiding them.
0: Yeah. I started to think about like the solo trailer where he's flying through the, what we yeah. think may, it might be the Kessel run. And I'm thinking, oh, but uh, pro- obviously, probably different creatures, but it just, this is, that's like the, I guess in Solo, it would be the third time they use these whale-like or whatever the heck. I, we, I'm not sure what that thing is in Solo. They're yet, like but, tentacles in Solo. Yeah. So, so and I think it's supposed to be shit. the Maw. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, this is a treacherous... Obviously, this thing is a treacherous run. Even Plo Koon's like, uh, I don't know if this is such a good idea, but Anakin's yeah. such a good... Obviously, Anakin's going to make it through. He's fantastic. But uh, they don't get through this thing unscathed, as, as it says here, you know, Matchstick, he takes... Takes a little shot that's going to come back to yeah. on him. But anyway, uh, the malevolence emerges from hyperspace and is swarmed by Anakin's squadron. Grievous launches Vulture Droids, uh, Vulture Droid fighters. A group of medical transports flee the Kalita Shoals station, and Grievous targets them with an ion blast. Uh, on, sorry, I, I, when Grievous
1: targets Shadow Squadron with an ion blast, Anakin orders his fighters to fly to the edge of the incoming blast. Shadow 2's crippled stabilizer blows and he spins out of control, plowing into another Y-Wing. Three other fighters failed to outrun the Ion Blast and are immobilized. Anakin is now down to almost half his original squadron,
0: possibly not enough for him to continue his mission. And he also has uh, Ahsoka kind of riding with him. Uh, She wanted to take her own. But he's like uh oh, you know he's kind of giving her the well I need you you know I need you on my back and everything and obviously he doesn't necessarily trust her yet mm-hmm. with uh, with taking on a, a starfighter on her own and doing this so he kind of kind of feeds ego a little bit saying I need you in the back but he wants her he wants her with him so she's relegated to uh, to stay with him on the thing on, on his on his uh, starfighter uh, the rest of the y wings close in on the malevolence. But another fighter is blown from the skies. Ahsoka urges Anakin to come up with a new plan. Anakin realizes his Padawan is right. He gives up trying to destroy the bridge and and General Grievous and instead targets the Ion cannon. So um obviously Anakin sees that this is not working out. Um obviously he's we are like I said earlier, fantastic pilot. He's able to do this kind of thing, and he's kind of thinking on his feet here a little mm-hmm. bit, like, oh, what, what can I do? Uh, oh, let's just go after the main thing that's causing all the problem instead of going after the ship. Let's go after the uh, the ion cannon. So they kind of changed the plan in uh, mid-flight there, I guess, and uh, yeah. they're going after that. So go ahead, Mike. Uh, the remaining
1: fighters of Shadow Squadron change course and fly toward the ion cannon. They fire proton torpedoes into the cannon, causing it to explode in a blast that rocks the malevolence and disrupts
0: the massive ship's hyperdrive. So I, that was kind of a bonus feature of it of them going yeah. after the uh, the on cannon. It's just like, oh, we got that too. So it's kind of two for one, two for one shot there. So got that out. Uh, just then, Obi Wan Kenobi's task force emerges from hyperspace. The negotiator continues pursuit of the malevolence while Anakin's Y-Wing fighters head to the medical station. Docked at the medical station, Plo congratulates Anakin on his successful run. So uh, this middle section ends. Obviously, his little uh, plan worked. Uh, It was kind of a cool little ending, too, to see him and uh, Ahsoka kind of on the bridge and kind of staring out, kind of give you that little, I don't know, Empire Strikes Back vibe of them just kind of looking out you know I was like oh that's kind of cool to see that so um but yeah anything you want to add to uh to this mic as far as um this middle section
1: here no you know i think it's just really that focus on um yeah the the starfighter stuff uh i love it i love this episode out of the three this is my favorite for those reasons um just kind of that really cool majesty of the of the nebre mantas and just that great moment um yeah, yeah. I just think that no, they kind of yeah. nail it in this episode. I think they do a really, really good job. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is one of those ones where it's just like I think you posted something like um, you were watching it at work and just like love space battles. Yeah, because that's one thing that uh, that's one thing that this, this show was always fantastic on was um, the way they shot their their space battles and just the, some of the camera angles. And a lot of times this thing was cinematic in scope. I, mean, I know we talked about that a lot on Frontlines. Yeah. But, uh, again, this was and this is just like in the beginning. So, um, yeah, it just it just it obviously like you mentioned before, it just gets better and better. So the uh, last one, Mike, uh, we're on to uh, destroy Malevolence, and this one again is also directed by Brian O'Connell, different writer again, Tim Burns. Uh, A plan is only as good as those who see it through. So we start out here. The smoldering warship Malevolence limps away from the barrage of turbo laser fire from a trio of pursuing Republic Star Destroyers. Count Dooku contacts Grievous holographically. The Count has arranged a trap that will give Grievous an advantage over the Jedi. And, I'll just keep going. Anubu yacht hurdles through hyperspace with Senator Padme Amidala and C-3PO at the helm. She is on a diplomatic mission arranged by Chancellor Palpatine. Emerging from hyperspace, the ship nearly collides with the fleeing Monty So we talked about that a second ago. You know, we knew this was by Naboo. And the Chancellor Palpatine, ever the cunning guy he is, uh, sends who else but Padme Amidala out there to kind of negotiate this Mm -hmm. and cause a little, you know, set her up. You know, he's got her on a plate for for Grievous to hold uh, over Anakin's head. And I was wondering at this point, I don't know what you thought. Um, Obviously, we know at this point, Mike, that these two are married. Um yep. and who knows? Because there was one shot of of, of Obi-Wan when all this kind of takes place. And I just wonder, like, oh, is that like a subtle little thing that that the animators put in? Like maybe he already knows? I don't know. But it's just kind of funny that, that you think back, like, yeah, these two were kind of already married. And and anytime she gets involved, you see Anakin just like he just he, like it just he not snaps but like something changes in him like obviously something changes in him this is his wife right so he could just kind of jumps into like I got to help mode I got to do something now mode and I kind of noticed that at the beginning of this so uh, any thoughts on on the beginning here? And yeah no colors? I th- I think
1: that that she just nailed it I mean like I I obviously Palpatine is using Padme as a way to ensure that that the malevolence is going to be safe. Um, uh, Palpatine through Dooku via mm-hmm. Grievous. Um, very complicated, very very complicated plans here. But um, yeah, yeah I, I think I think that I think he might be onto something. I think Obi Wan knows that there's something going on between the two of them. I don't know that he necessarily understands how far um, right. at this point. And I think later on in the series we'll get hints that he does. Um, there is mm-hmm. an episode of Forces of Destiny um that will actually establish the moment when pat when um ahsoka figures it out um and it's later because she's in her season three gear so uh it's substantially later but um yeah it's it's very interesting um it's interesting to see uh yeah uh, this one part point, of the story play out
0: yeah well there's one point and the only reason I asked is because um like they show a shot of like once you see Anakin, like his eyes kind of, kind of go wide, like oh no. Yeah. Obviously he can't say anything, but you like the expression on his face is like if anybody's watching him, like whoa, that's your little like concern for somebody, you know, just friends or whatever. And then you Anakin or Obi Wan kind of, kind of um, strokes his chin with his hand, like hmm, and you know it could be just him being concerned or whatever, but it's just those little now that we know what's going on you kind of look back on it sometimes maybe i i'm imprinting my own like thoughts of what he's thinking but uh it's still it was still there like oh i wonder how much does he really know or i, I think it's more what you're saying like he 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 obviously thinks there's something more than just that's his friend or something like that maybe yeah. so i don't know and especially coming from obi-wan who's already had a um a relationship right with the team. yep so maybe he's more apt to understand, like, oh, maybe they're, maybe they're more than just friends. But I think
1: that's why Obi-Wan kind of turns a blind eye, right? And I think that's a really yeah. important part of the Clone Wars story that yeah. fills in that gap as to why would Obi-Wan allow this to continue? And yeah. it's because Obi-Wan looks at it and goes, well, I understand where he's coming from, and it's harmless, yeah. right? Like, I think that's Obi-Wan's perspective, and I think that he's just a little bit naive about how far this this attachment has gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the that's the interesting part, right?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: Uh, go ahead. Is it uh, where are we at? Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka Tano picks up the incoming vessel on the Republic flagship scanners. The Jedi desperately try to contact Padme's ship while the Republic task force holds its fire. The Malevolence snags the yacht in its tractor beam and reels the unarmed ship into its hold. Padme demands that the Jedi continue their attack, but Anakin cannot bring himself to order fire to resume
0: with her aboard. Yeah, obviously, right there, he's you know she's on that thing, and he's yeah he tells everybody shut everything, you know don't don't fire anything. So, a um, little bit of a clue there, but yeah, definitely, uh, obviously, he's going to stop, and and, and and all of them would stop, I think. Especially you know Obi Wan and Plo, they're going to stop firing. This is Padme Amadal. This is not just some random, you know, damsel in distress. This is you know this is Padme. So, um, Grievous spots the explosive trap before it's too late and leaves uh, the the captive yacht. Before it erupts in flames, firefighting battle droids tried to douse the flames while Grievous orders an alert to capture the stowaways. So the 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 malevolence is actually on the run right here. It's you know it's fires coming out of air. It's it's crippled. Uh, obviously, the ion cannons messed up, and the hyperdrive is still iffy as of this point. So they're kind of yeah. on the run here. <laughs> so they're um, you know Grievous is doing his Grievous thing where he's kind of getting. Trying to run away or whatever, but uh, Padme's still on board, so we're still dealing with that. Go, uh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I uh, what f- uh, Grievous, yeah, Grievous,
1: there's so many like half of these yeah, sentences start with Grievous. <laughs> Grievous spots the explosive trap before it's too late and leaves the captive oh, yacht. No, no, no. Sorry, oh, did I, I skip did
0: one? No, we did, I think we did that one, so we're decked. I guess we're on Padme now. Did, oh, yeah, way. okay,
1: jeez. Man, Padme attempts to rig a comm panel to contact the Republic fleet, but her work is cut short when she and Threepio hide from Grievous. She overhears that the Malevolence's hyperdrive was not as badly damaged as originally feared, and the ship should soon be able to escape. Obi-Wan and Anakin use the Twilight to dock with the Malevolence's emergency airlocks. Sorry, I, uh, I, I went ahead and did the next one because it was one. No, sentence. no, it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the central channel of the malevolence is dominated by an extensive rail system where the heroes reunite. As one of the trains enters a tunnel, Anakin and Padme share a brief private moment of affection. So that was kind of neat. You know, you see these two, like you said, we know they're married. Um, and to see them kind of have that opportunity, we saw it in Revenge of the Sith where. Mm-hmm. They show up at the beginning. They kind of they kind of you know scurry away for a minute just to have a, a little time together. But another thing that impressed me was this this uh, malevolence is so massive. It has its own rail system in it. Yeah, I mean that just shows the scale of uh, of how big that ship is. I mean you know it's just it's crazy that it's got its own little rail system going on. It's actually it actually provides a great set piece for. Uh, the next action that's coming out of this fight and everything. So um, we'll get into that. Uh, go ahead, Mike. We'll go yeah.
1: Ahead. Uh, poor C-3PO falls onto another rail car and into a crate. Obi-Wan Kenobi tries to lift him to safety using the Force, but the droid instead is intercepted by another rail jet car, taking him deeper into the ship.
0: Uh, uh, 3PO always Yeah. Always in trouble, you know, whether it's the droid factory or the ship. <laughs> Uh, Padme informs the Jedi that the hyperdrive is nearing reactivation. So Kenobi ventures toward the ship's engineering station to ensure that that it remains offline. Grievous intercepts Kenobi, eager to fight. Kenobi leaps past the battle droid uh, fire and uses the force to shove the Dordicus into wheel form, bowling over his attackers. He flees engineering, and Grievous orders the droids to guard the hyperdrive while he gives pursuit so this is what i love too you know this little here's the thing you know this is like the first time we're like oh wow obi-wan and and grievous fight before you know we how many times this happened i don't know you know we got six seasons to go through but and grievous opens grievous opens with the line hello there that's right that's right yeah good that was a good catch um yeah it was just one of those things where i just love how they bring it all back around. So now when you watch Revenge of the Sith and you see that scene with, with Anakin, you're like, Oh man, they, they, this is, they've done this before. So, but yeah, I I know I will say, sorry, I will say that the most
1: noticeable thing and the most distracting thing for me in these early episodes is how Mm -hmm. often they make direct references to previous movies to to the six star Wars movies. Um, And it's, it actually gets to be a little bit annoying at times because they'll do it like three or four times in an episode. I'm really glad that by the time we get to Star Wars Rebels, it, that's almost gone. Um, and there are definitely nostalgic nods to moments, but there are never like straight up lines of dialogue that are lifted or sequences, right? You mentioned that the C-3PO thing is very reminiscent of 3PO in the droid factory, right? And um, Right there's a scene in, oh, I want to say season three or four where Anakin and Ahsoka are flying towards a planet and, um, and buzz droids attack their mm-hmm. ships, their Jedi starfighters. And the scene plays out almost beat for beat as the scene from revenge of the Sith. And that, it, it annoys me so much, um, because it's like, we've already seen that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like the show tends to go a little bit down that road every once in a while. But uh, when it does stand on its own, it's obviously incredible, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, there was another thing too. Anakin, um, he, he says, uh, spinning is a good trick. He's obviously yeah. said that Panameta. So they did that again here. So another, uh, another, like you said, another callback. So they do that a lot. So, you know, it's just, You know, obviously finding their footing and trying to figure out, like, how often do we do this or how often do we reference the movies and stuff like that? Yeah, the
1: writing improves as the series goes on, right? But early on, it is very heavy-handed with the Star Wars references, which is, like, I think what's obnoxious about it is that you don't need to make Star Wars references. You are Star Wars.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll continue.
1: Uh, where are we now? I... Right after. We've completely right on lost on. our place. Padme informs, no, no, right, the the... Sky... Yeah, Padme informs the Jedi. Yeah. Padme informs the Jedi that the hyperdrive is nearing reactivation. S- no, no, we did that back, one already. One. <laughs> Skywalker <laughs> Sky and Padme Skywalker. arrive at the Malevolence's bridge. Anakin cuts through the guards and hotwires the ship's guidance systems to give General Grievous a little surprise. Anakin, Padme, Obi-Wan, R2-D2, and C-3PO reunite at the twilight. The Spice Freighter undocks from the Malevolence and flies away. Grievous is determined to catch these Jedi, so he leaps aboard his starfighter and lifts off, accompanied by vulture droid wingmates. Padme mans the turret guns and blasting away at their pursuers. Sorry for the confusion, everybody. There are a lot of paragraphs when you're doing three recaps, and Mm -hmm. it's a... it's very easy to lose your spot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Padme on the guns. I like I like R two showing up to save the day, as he yeah. often does. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's good stuff. I like in to zone. watch
0: Anakin as well. I mean, you get to see him uh, pull out his his uh, lightsaber, just carves through uh, a couple of droids with ease, and just showing how uh, how powerful he is. I mean, we also got a, a cameo from uh, Luminara Unduli. Yeah. And uh, through that through that hollow transmission. So obviously she plays a, a, a little bit bigger role later on. Uh, but uh, seeing her in this uh, kind of setting up her, her stuff. Yeah. So um, I guess are we on the last? Yeah. Um, yeah. Wrap it up. Oh, shoot. OK. Uh, the malevolence begins its uh, jump sequence, but something is wrong. The ship is aiming toward a dead moon. Grievous orders the hyperdrive to reset, but it's too late. Just then, Count Dooku contacts the general for an update. Grievous cuts off all communication as the cruiser slams into the moon. The threat of the malevolence is over. Grievous flees into parts unknown. And, and here's the thing with Grievous, and this, and this, um, I don't know if you kind of you can't really call it a relationship, but his, him and, and, and uh, Dooku. Grievous is one of these guys that like, it says right here, man, if something's going wrong, he don't care who it is. Cuts everything off and he's gone. It doesn't matter that it's Count Dooku, you know, his master, second in command. Uh, he just cuts off the communication. Like, later, dude, I'm out of here. I'm not going to even tell you what, how bad I did. Obviously, he failed. Uh, but just cuts off the communication and, and he's out of there. So, uh, and, and Grievous does that throughout this, this saga. Oh, yeah. You know, he kind of... You know, limps off and has to lick his wounds and all that thing, but to the point, to action. the point where yeah, they start,
1: ahead. they have to start bringing in other villains so that it's not always grievous. <laughs> <He's laughs> you yeah. see, like season two and season three, they start introducing other separatist commanders, so that yeah. somebody else can run away. Yeah, definitely, or but not run know, away, as
0: it were. No, not right. Exactly. You, you know, it's just like this episode, um, especially the the very end. Lots of great action. Uh, seeing Anakin do his thing, Obi Wan. Fighting off the Droidicus and 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 that kind of stuff, um, great space stuff as well, like you mentioned earlier. But this trilogy as a whole, it's just like I said earlier, one of those things that just flowed so well, uh, so easy to go through one one to the next, and the, the story was perfectly paced, and uh, especially for early on too. I mean, it just I, I'm going back and just I was so impressed with with coming, especially after the movie when everybody had a problem. You know, the movie wasn't great. Yeah, um, but man, they, you know, they right off the got, right off the get here with this this the first trilogy in this in this series, um, just did a bang up job and and I just I loved it, you know, great action, um, seeing all these our favorite characters again. That's what I'm loving too, is I'm going back and I'm so used to the the sequel trilogy now and and but just going back to see Anakin and Grievous and Dooku and Padme and the you know Palpatine. It's just fun to go back and watch this stuff again and and especially with what we know now it's just it's fun to go back it's just like i said with i think my favorite series to go back and watch again because it's just so much better the second time game of thrones just because you know so much after watching it the first time yeah for sure you pick up on so much stuff the second time around uh it's doing the same thing for me even though i've seen these episodes multiple times just going back after so many years mike it's been fun and it's you know, catching catching up and catching all these nuanced stuff. Uh, it's been really great. So,
1: yeah. Well, great, this is our great trilogy. This is our first mini movie, right? Like this is the first one.
0: Yeah. That yeah, uh,
1: that that sort of plays out in that way, and it's so fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, definitely.
1: yeah. Yeah. Just like as in general, right? I I have some complaints and that sort of thing, but really, when you think yeah. about where they were and you think about what came before it with the Star Wars Gen- the Clone Wars Genie Gen- series, um, and obviously. Uh, droids and Ewoks, having been before that, um, it, this was a, such a great step forward for Star Wars storytelling, especially on the small screen. So, uh, we wouldn't be where we are now without the Clone Wars. I don't think.
0: Yep. yeah, no, definitely not. So um, that's that's the trilogy. Um, yeah. W- what do we got next? We got. Uh...
1: We I got I got a, I, It's not an email. I we've okay. got a comment from the website. Uh, Rocket Man. Uh, wrote in on the website, and uh, and I just wanted to talk about this really quick. Um, he writes, I I love the fact you're going over the Clone Wars again. It is such a fantastic series. I especially love the clone-focused arcs like the Umbara episodes and Rookies. You'll be excited because the next episode is Rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, with that all that in mind, I need to bring up an annoyance of mine in this series. Stop pretending that people who dislike Disney Star Wars are not true fans. I've watched every episode of Clone Wars three times over and counting, but I absolutely despise the latest canonical movie. People are allowed to dislike things which they feel are a tarnish to their beloved series, and you can't go blanket hating them just because they disagree with you or because you think they are not true fans. It comes across as incredibly ignorant, and it's such harsh blemish on an otherwise good podcast. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, Rocket Man. You are upset about a different thing than what I've been talking about. Uh, what I've been talking about isn't people who dislike the Disney Star Wars stuff. You're totally allowed to dislike Disney Star Wars. I hope that if you dislike Disney Star Wars, that you can do one of two things. You can kind of like respectfully keep it to yourself. I don't mean don't ever talk about it, but don't go around on the Internet telling everybody else how much you hate Star Wars now because of Disney. And don't go around, you know, spewing um, conspiracy theories about how, oh, well, you can totally tell that, you know, this movie, The Last Jedi was so bad that they're going to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. Everybody knows that. Right. Like that that sort of stuff those people to me, I just don't think that they're, that that's not based in fact. It's not based in, in any sort of, it doesn't have to be objective, but it's not based in any sort of logic. Um, and I think that people need to just kind of like take a step back and recognize that just because you don't like it doesn't mean that anything is going to happen. And the petitions to remove, um, uh, the last Jedi from the canon or whatever. It's like, I'll always go back to it. I don't really like Rogue One very much. I am vocal about it in the sense that when it comes up in conversation, I'm not going to pretend like I like Rogue One. But I'm also not on the internet every day when people True, are yeah. posting about how much yeah. they love Rogue One, going, You're an idiot for liking Rogue One. That movie sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, those are the people that. I'm upset with those are the people that I don't think are true star Wars fans. Um, if we're going to use that sort of, uh, uh, language, I don't like that because it's the, the no true Scotsman argument. And that's, it's, it's a, it's a bad way to have a conversation. What I'm trying to get across is really simply, If all you want to do is bag on the new stuff, if you want to just complain about Star Wars Rebels and The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and Solo and all that sort of stuff, I don't really have a spot for you in this community. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if you're a huge fan of The Clone Wars because The Clone Wars is part of Star Wars animation, but we've gotten more great stuff than bad stuff even if you do want to count the last jedi as bad the last jedi is two hour two and a half hours of storytelling um and and i would imagine that even though you despise that movie uh rocket man that there's at least probably a half an hour of stuff in the movie that you actually like so let's say two hours of stuff in that movie that you don't like whereas star wars rebels has at least 20 hours of great content. Great. I'm not saying good. I'm saying like great, stellar, high quality, classic trilogy feel content, right? So if you're avoiding Star Wars Rebels because you don't like The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi, or you're just mad that Disney bought Star Wars, um, like to me, it's almost like like you you're cutting your nose off to spite your face. And if you're going to go out and you're just going to, and I'm not saying I'm saying you, but I don't mean you rocket man. I mean like you, the hypothetical uh, straw man argument that I'm creating here. Uh, These fans who go out and actively try and um, ruin other fans experience of the things that they like because they don't like that thing those people don't belong in the community that matt and myself and tim and kyle and paul and everybody else at thunderquack are building right we want an inclusive community that's accepting of everybody um all opinions from all sides matt doesn't like the last jedi as much as i do He's coming around. I'm so, I'm chipping away at that <laughs> little by little as we have these That's conversations. Funny. I think I'm pulling him over to my side a little bit more, <laughs> but I don't think I'm ever going to get Matt on my side because I love the last Jedi. I think mm-hmm. that the decisions in the last Jedi were perfect. I think that they were a slap in the face to star Wars. I don't mean the fans. I mean, star Wars, the franchise that allows us from this point forward to go anywhere and do anything and not be beholden to the movies that came before it. And I think that that was really important. So I understand why people didn't like that because some people just want the rehash of the original trilogy. They don't like the prequels. They don't like the last Jedi. They were okay with the force awakens. Although it's the same people complaining about the force awakens being a a copy of a new hope that are saying that the last Jedi is a bad movie. And it's like, well, what do you want? I don't know what you want. So True. Yeah. all of that to say, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I don't want this place, this, this podcast to be a place where people feel like they're not welcome. So I'm definitely going to keep that stuff to a minimum on this clone war special edition stuff um, because we're talking about the clone wars. So we're kind of in that mode. So I know there's going to be a lot of people coming back to us that we haven't seen in a while or people that will be new to us that are looking for something from the, their era of star Wars that they don't like the Disney stuff. And Oh, here's a podcast covering old stuff. Um, so I don't want to alienate those fans for sure. And I, like, I totally hear you and you have a completely legitimate concern I'm not going to change my mind on on how I feel about the fans that I just talked about. Um, we just... What we want here is a... And, and I don't... Rocketman, super clear about this. Super, super clear. I don't count you amongst those fans. I count you amongst our community because here you are. You had... The, the um the sense to write this out this is a very well worded very well well put argument um and you took the time to to write us a message and let us know that this is how you feel so to me like you're already like 3 steps above any of those people and then I'm sure you're a perfectly nice human being and all of that stuff so uh yeah and you're a fan of of the clone stuff and that's what we are probably the most excited to talk about in this rewatch so so you're good in my books you're not one of these people that I'm talking about I'm talking about the people who and it happens I mean like if you're in any of the Star Wars groups on Facebook or you post something on Twitter heaven forbid you go on somebody famous's Twitter account and you comment, like you you uh, reply, like let's say Freddie Prince Jr. says something about how much he loves the new movie, and then you go on and you say, "Yeah, man, that's awesome. I loved it too." And then you are just inundated with this hate, right? And that to me, like that's what I'm trying to fight against. You have a point, like fighting hate with hate, and I don't really want to think that I'm using hate, but I just. I just don't want those people in our community. I want those people to know that they're not welcome here. But I want people like you, Rocket Man, to know that you 100% are welcome. So moving forward, we're not going to talk about this topic anymore. Uh, uh, and when I say this topic, I mean like the the hater fans. We when we get to solo, obviously we're gonna have conversations about the reception of the movie and if people like it or don't like it. We're gonna talk about that, but. We are not gonna get into the the vitriol and just the really extremist attitudes. these people writing like like that are you know uh, setting up petitions and and you know like just out there campaigning against Star Wars. In my opinion, if that's where you're at, pack it up. And move on to another fandom. Because Star Wars isn't for you anymore. If you really want to sit and watch the old movies, that's fine. You can sit and watch the old movies as much as you want. But Star Wars is moving forward whether people like the new stuff or not. And it's moving forward in a very specific direction. And that direction includes female protagonists. It includes black stormtroopers. It includes Luke Skywalker dying in The Last Jedi. And I think it's time for some people to recognize that maybe they like star wars and they like the original trilogy but man if you don't like star wars rebels i say this about clone wars as well right because we get people all the time i've got friends who are like i'm a huge star wars fan i have a co-worker and he claims to be a, a huge star wars fan he's a huge star wars fan oh my I'm, like, I'm a huge star wars fan So okay buddy you're a huge star wars fan and we'll, i'll start talking about something star wars and i'll start talking about a, an arc in the clone wars and he'll be like oh yeah I, I i haven't watched all of the clone wars i've only watched the first season of star wars rebels and it's like buddy you like star wars you like star wars that's fine I have nothing against people who like Star Wars. I have nothing against people who dislike Star Wars. But to be a Star Wars fan, I think you have to really understand what Star Wars is. doesn't mean you have to like everything, but I think it means that you have to understand what Star Wars is. I think a lot of these people who are railing against The Last Jedi, who are railing against Star Wars Rebels, they don't understand what Star Wars is. Like, fundamentally. You know what I mean? they there, there's a disconnect there they like the original movies because they grew up with them so there's a nostalgia there and obviously i mean like everybody likes the original trilogy that's it's like the only people who don't like star wars are people who never saw them right like to me like when you're talking about the original trilogy um And I think that there's a whole other conversation, but I think that there's a really interesting thing of people who saw Star Wars as kids and go on to love Star Wars their entire lives. They might not be Star Wars fans like Matt and I um, or like you, Rocketman, but they love Star Wars. They still love Star Wars. They've got... You know, uh, they have a Star Wars item in their house somewhere, right? They have memorabilia. They have a lightsaber. They have a T-shirt, whatever. But they've got something to show that, like, oh, this means something to me, right? But people who come to it later in life, like in their twenties or in their thirties, they don't. They never connect with it that way. I think it's really interesting. It's like I said, it's a whole other conversation that maybe we'll have on the Thundercrack podcast at some point. But, um. It's okay to like Star Wars or even love Star Wars, but not be a Star Wars fan. A Star Wars fan is a person who is willing to have a conversation about Star Wars. And when I say conversation, I mean more than 15 minutes. I mean like what Matt and I do every week, right? That's what a Star Wars fan is to me. And I think that's really what the defining characteristic of of a star wars fan is it's not whether or not you like the original trilogy the prequels the new trilogy star uh, clone wars rebels droids the holiday special you can like or dislike any combination of those things that you want what defines you as a real true star wars fan is that regardless of how you feel about it you're willing to have a conversation with a fan who does like the thing that you don't like or who doesn't like the thing that you do like. Like I think like if if we can define that right here and right now. I think that is how I want to do that moving forward. And if you're not willing to have a conversation about it. If you are like so extreme to one side that you won't even entertain the idea that somebody gets something out of The Last Jedi that you don't. Then... Move along, <laughs> in the in the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Just move along. This isn't the podcast for you. This isn't the community for you. Um, there are other podcasts out there. Surprisingly, there are a lot of Star Wars podcasts. And I'm sure that there's a Star Wars podcast out there for the people who just want to rip on Star Wars. This is not that podcast. We're going to be critical when it's appropriate to be critical. But... You know, like, at the end of the day, and I think, Matt, you're going to agree with me, uh, Star Wars is like pizza. There's no such thing as bad Star Wars. There's just maybe Star Wars that you don't necessarily care for. Not everybody likes pineapples on their pizza. But we don't need to go burning down pizzerias because they put pineapple on their pizzas, right? That's kind of... I think that's kind of the cap on this. So... Thank you, Rocketman, for your message. I really appreciate it. I hope you continue to follow along with us through uh, Clone Wars Special Edition. I'd really love it if you keep writing in to us um, and and keep the conversation going. Um, And I like that you brought this up and that you you were very... intelligent and very uh, uh, particular about how you brought this up i really appreciate that that's what i'm trying to say is people who want to have a a good discussion about this let's have a good discussion about it and and you know like sometimes i push it a little farther than than i actually mean because i'm you know to a certain degree, we're kind of Matt and I kind of play characters when we do the podcast. We're kind of on. And sometimes you just kind of go and you run with it. And I know that that there's a few of our listeners who like it when we do stuff like that. So um, so I think that we're kind of just playing to the audience every once in a while with that. Um, but I hear you. I hear you, Rocketman. And I hear you, all of the other fans that agree with, with Rocketman. Uh, that uh, sometimes we're a little bit too harsh against that segment of the fan community. So that's why I say this is it. We're done. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Uh, We're going to move forward. We're going to move on. And we're going to just really talk about the clone wars for the rest of the summer, uh, how much we love it. Um, Obviously, like I said, we're going to be critical when there's appropriate times to be critical. Like some of the voice performances in this episode, way too many droid jokes. The firefighter droids was just a step too far for me. I'm not going to be quiet about that stuff, but we're going to be quiet about the fan backlash and that sort of thing. Because I think the biggest thing is that the more we continue to talk about it, we're just kind of feeding that fire and it's time to just let that, that fire just choke itself to death with, by not giving it any more oxygen. Right. So
0: Matt, do you have anything to add on top of that? So, so yeah, I think like we've always been um, not critical, but, we're not afraid on this show and on past shows and frontlines and all that to point out things that don't necessarily work for either of us, but we yeah. always find, we always find like the positive in it. We don't really bash anything. Just like you said earlier about this episode, there's just some goofy things in there that just didn't work sometimes, but whatever. But, um, as far as what the email said, yeah, I look, he didn't, obviously didn't like the last jet. I think that's what he's talking about. Um, i had some issues with it but i'm never on there just like oh i hate it you know i'm not, and, and there's those guys on like you said the Twitter and facebook that just do that all day long it's like yeah. whatever just you don't you don't bother with them but then like you mike you i i sometimes forget that you didn't necessarily like rogue one um either so yeah i but you i not never see you on there just trashing it you never you're never on there saying oh it's sucks you know people yeah you might comment on some things here and there, like "Oh, I wish they would have done this," but ultimately, you know, honestly, said like, it before. Star Wars movies
1: are great. You yeah. Know? When some, whenever I'm in a conversation with somebody and they go, "I didn't really like The Last Jedi, but I really mm-hmm. did like Rogue One," I go, "Oh, cool, okay."
0: Yeah, <laughs> like that's my we'll response. To to that,
1: which <laughs> has happened a lot lately in the last couple months, where people yeah. were like, "Yeah, I don't really like that one, but I did really like Rogue One." I'm like, "Cool, man, that's." good for you i guess
0: <laughs> so everything's obviously subjective and everybody's gonna yeah. like what they don't like but i think if as long as like what i've done is um i try not to say i just hate it it's just like oh i was, I was kind of bummed because i didn't get to see this and and i give my reasons why and um ultimately they're just kind of more like stuff that goes back to me as a kid and like oh i wish i could have seen him do this just like i pointed out last week with ambush it's like but Yoda did. It was like what I wanted Luke to do, but yeah, it was not what they wanted. And, and you know, what's funny is like, let's see what happens with episode nine and see how that changes our view of episode yeah. eight. You know, like, yeah, who knows what's going to happen. So, uh, tons of stuff. I like it. I don't want to call you I'm
1: going to call you right here on the podcast, Matt, and yeah. say, you have to watch forces of destiny. You just have to make still some haven't time. Watch that. You got to make some time to do it. And the thing is, is that it won't take you very long. Some no, of these have, episodes are yeah. like three minutes
0: long. I did watch that one that you mentioned, Luke, and okay, uh, good post Return of the Jedi. No, I did watch that. Okay, but I need yeah. to watch them all as a as a this, whole. You know,
1: the last batch that they just put out, phenomenal, mm-hmm. okay. so good. And I think what's really cool is that because they're kind of turning these around in such a quick way. Because they're so short, they're able to iterate on them a lot faster. So within the first year, the first two seasons, they've already the quality, the animation, the performances, the the storytelling has gone from, okay, that was fun to, oh, that was a really, really cool Star Wars story. The mm-hmm. one with Luke that we're talking about, um it's it's awesome. There's one with ahsoka and Ezra that is, just like ah, uh, it's so good it's so good <laughs> and and i think that people are really sleeping on it i think that this is like freemaker adventures where people are yeah. like oh yeah that's that dumb girl thing and it's like mm-hmm. no these are star wars they're straight up star wars stories i'm not saying that you think that matt but like i'm just saying yeah like like these are not throwaway these are really good Star Wars stories they're just three to five minutes long mm-hmm. and there's some stuff in there the Ahsoka ones stand out yes they are centered around the female heroes of which there are many in the Star Wars universe and I have to imagine that season three is going to include something with Kira um and maybe L3 I uh, yeah because they're doing awesome stuff with forces of destiny. We need to get back to doing a, a a proper episode of that, um, to, to talk about that. And I think that we probably will sometime soon. Mm -hmm. Um, but as is always important to me, when we're going to talk about forces of destiny, I think it's important that we get, uh, a female voice on the podcast, um, in order to talk about that stuff. So uh, scheduling didn't work out in order to get one out between, uh, between, Star Wars Rebels and ending and us, us, starting this up, but that will be coming. It's definitely coming at some point soon. So, yeah, um, cool. You want to wrap
0: this up? Yeah, that's it. Let's wrap it up. That's it for this week, I guess.
1: Yeah. So next week's episode, we're gonna talk about rookies. So go ahead, yes. go on Netflix, uh, pick up your DVDs, put them in player, and watch the episode. Rookies, one episode this week. So not not as difficult to uh, keep on track. Um, But here's the description. Alone on a distant outpost, Clone Commander Cody and Clone Captain Rex must inspire the rookie clones to believe in themselves to stave off a commando droid invasion. Introduction of the commando droids. Great episode. Really looking forward to this one. Um, Yeah, such a good episode. Uh, Cool. Well, thank you guys for sticking around for this one. Thank you if you made it all the way through my my rant, my tirade. I, I appreciate it. Um, thank you. I, I, f- to everybody who's watching along with us and talking to us on Twitter and Facebook, remember, use the clone wars, S E hashtag on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram in order to stay a part of the conversation. And, uh, if you want to email us, you can do that rebels podcast at gmail.com. com. Um, Heck, you could even email the mail at clonewarspodcast.com if you want. I still get those emails. Um, But uh, that's it for this week's episode. If you want to stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news, you can do that by heading to rebelcells.com. And, uh, of course, if you want to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and Matt is at the Crankster. That is Crankster with a K. Uh, you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack podcast network. Head over to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network and uh, and exclusive content. Um, and uh, if you want to support us, you can do that in two ways. First is by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. You can get all sorts of really cool stuff over there. And the other way is by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack. That's what keeps the lights on. So we really appreciate everybody who does support us over there. Uh, I will remind you guys once again, and you'll get a reminder next week and the week after. There will be an exclusive solo A Star Wars Story spoiler cast up for Patreon supporters only that is uh, if you're a supporter at the $1 level or above but there will also be a free spoiler cast two separate spoiler casts one with Matt and I and one with Tim and Kyle and Paul Uh, and uh, which one of those are going to be the exclusive you'll have to tune in to find out but I think it's going to be the one with Tim, Kyle and Paul Um, so Head over to patreon.com slash thunderquack to check that stuff out to start subscribing. Go back, listen to our Last Jedi spoiler cast. Go back and listen to the Rogue One and all that. So, there's lots of really great Star Wars content on, on our Patreon for you guys. Um, and uh, that's one of the best places to hear how Matt and I felt about The Last Jedi coming right out of the movie. Um, that said, thank you guys for supporting us over on Patreon. Thank you to everybody who's listening. And, uh, uh, you know, another great way to support us is to head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and to subscribe, obviously, so you don't miss an episode. And uh, more importantly, give us a rating and a review if you can. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week for the episode Rookies.
0: See you next week. Cool.